Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Micah 6, 8. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with you, God? Alright, how does your faith affect the way that you're kind? Join us each week as we dig into God's Word with a guest. And at Revitalized Kindness, we believe that through Christ, we are a new creation, revitalized. And as we follow Him, we can revitalize kindness in our own culture. God is love. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. My name is Dave Weaver, and today I have a special guest with me. It's Alan Stevens. We are working on a project together. Um, he is a podcaster, a businessman, a, a, a good friend. We actually went to high school together. But you know what? I'm going to let Alan tell you a little bit more. I will say this, though. He has a, a great podcast called Revitalize Hope. And I hope, and I hope, no pun intended, that you guys would listen to his podcast. I'm going to let Alan tell us a little bit about him and more about Revitalize Hope. Welcome, Alan. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I, I have a podcast called Revitalize Hope. Um, I have went through uh, some complex trauma in life. Uh, tell a little bit about that story on my podcast. Uh, but my podcast is not really about me. It's about mental health and the mental health issues that we face today. So uh, if you would, please listen in. Uh, a lot more to come on that. And like Dave said, we're working on a lot of great projects together. So I'm sure you'll be hearing us together more often. So thank you, Dave. All right, cool. Yes, thanks, Alan, for uh, that introduction. Yeah, you're going to hear more about it and more from us and hopefully together too. Today, Alan's going to help me talk about God's kindness. And so today's episode is God's kindness that's the name. It's pretty simple, but that's 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 what we're talking about here. And as we talk about it, um, and again, this season's all about biblical kindness. And I think as we think about things like kindness and love and, and some other attributes that, of course, we see in God, we're going to notice if the, a theme in Scripture. Um, we, we see a theme from the very beginning. Um, as we know that God creates all everything. And so we look at Genesis and we see the beginning of so much in, in the world. And, 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 and I think, too, when we think about just these attributes that we see from God, of course, God is, uh, well, God's always been here. He's an eternal being. So the things like kindness and love, and even comfort, and we'll look at this in Scripture, it has always been because God has always been. Um, but he shares those things with us. We are made in his image. And so that's kind of the starting place as we think about uh, God's kindness. Um, a couple verses I want to share, and I want us to think through this. Uh, again, like from Genesis, we have the beginning of life, and then all the way to Revelations where we hear 
of the beginning of a new earth. And so again, all these beginnings. First John 4.19 tells us this. It says, we love because he first loved us. So we got to keep in mind that Jesus, or just as God loves us, we love, and so he, but he loved first, and that's very important. And then also, we show comfort because he comforted us. And a lot of us may not be as familiar with this verse, but this is in 2 Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, which says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction, though or through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So again, he's the beginning of all things. Um, God's kind to us, so sh- we should be kind to others, and that we don't always see that in our culture. And I think that, again, this is sort of the essence of revitalized kindness. And so I want us to kind of see this as we as we walk through this today, because this this podcast is here to remind us of that. It is to remind us of God's kindness. It is to remind us that the fact that God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. So we look at John 3, 16, and we see that kindness. And what does that kindness do? It's, it's, a, it's a saving type of kindness. It's a kindness that can literally change the world it can change our hearts and so that is uh that's sort of the essence of what this podcast is about because we're looking at that change or we're we're acknowledging the change that should be there the podcast again became a, a, a revitalized kindness became a we became a podcast or established a podcast because we needed I think I need that reminder, but I, I think our world needs that reminder because we see so many bad things anymore and we get on social media and we see just and the news and we just see that people kind of hate each other anymore. At least it seems that way. Of course, there's still a lot of love there, but it just seems that too, it gets worse and worse. So again, that's why we're here. We're here to remind us of that. And again, God was kind to us. So we should be kind to others. Let's look at Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 7. And this it says this, So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And let's go to the Old Testament. Let's look at some Psalms. Psalm 36, 7 says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God! And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 31, 21 says, Blessed be the Lord, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. And finally, in Psalm 63, 3, it says this, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Praise him. And amen for that, because we should be worshiping and praising God. And um, and just the, the psalmist is recognizing in Psalm 63, the psalmist recognizes the fact that because his loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. And again, that's what we're trying to do here, too, is just to kind of get us to return to that mode of worshiping God and to recognize the, the wonderful things that he has given us. Not only not just the physical we think about and, and that's why I mentioned 
uh, Alan. That's why I mentioned Genesis in the beginning, because I think sometimes when we think about what God has given, we think about the physical because we look at the creation. But there's, you know, when we look closer at some of these first or some of these beginnings where God is kind first, where God comforted first, where God loved first, we see emotion, we see compassion and things like that that have been created by our creator. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, I mean, it's even in kindness in the Garden of Eden, right? I mean, he provided all this stuff and, you know, man kind of screwed that up. But again, you know, it was kindness from the very beginning. So absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, man, just showing that uh, that that is love, just setting up this perfect place for man. And you're right. We, we totally bummed that one out. Good going, Adam. Uh, got some words for him, but anyway, it wouldn't help, would it? All right. So look, so let's, let's unpack a little bit. I've got, uh, this is from an article. Uh, I want to say this is from got questions. I will put a link in the, in the show notes for this. Um, I want to look at that word loving kindness because we're talking about kindness, but what about loving kindness? You know, you know that's, that's one word, by the way, as, as we say that, um, and you'll see that throughout scripture, especially in the old Testament. Um, here's a couple notes about it. I wanted to mention it says loving kindness in many verses throughout scripture is translated as mercy, goodness, kindness, faithful love, and steadfast love. It also can refer to a committed love that shows mercy. And again, you got forgiveness, redemption, favor, and grace toward the one to whom it has been promised. Um, and I got this. This is from compellingtruth.org, an article about loving kindness. Um, it said this, loving kindness as it relates to the character of God is most often used to describe God's heart towards those who are his own and, and we're his own, we're his creation. Loving kindness goes to say, it goes on to say loving kindness is God's kindness and steadfast love for his children, especially evident in his um, condescending or in condescending to meet our needs. So the article it's a long article. I'll let you read it. I'll put the link in there for everybody to check it out. Just want a couple other points real quick. It also says in the article, God shows us loving kindness and saving his children from their enemies and delivering them from uh, their troubles. It's also God's loving kindness. It comforts us and it redeems us from our sin. So there's just a lot in scripture that points to God's kindness. And so, you know, it's one of those things, and I think it's important for us to have conversations, more conversations about God's kindness, mainly because, look, one of the big objections out there about God for people that have turned away from God or atheists who are angry at God is the fact that we have such a mean God, right? So they, they point to the fact that in the Old Testament that all these things happen, they, they you know, they talk about the genocides or things of that nature were uh, God or even the flood. Let's just talk about the flood. That's one that everybody knows. Um, your, your God destroyed all of mankind outside of Noah. Um, and there, that's his mercy because he could have very well destroyed everything that he made. But yeah, so, so often it is talked about in circles, especially in a, in a non-believing world or, 
uh, from non-believing folk about your your God is not really a God of love. So, I mean, let me ask you this, Alan. Have you ever had a confrontation or just a conversation with anyone that kind of made those those comments? I just the other day I was at tractor supply. I'll say this. I didn't, I didn't have a conversation, but the young, uh, cashier, she had a bracelet on and it had, it was something like it, it. You could tell from the bracelet that what she was saying was it had a heart and then it had a, a plus sign and then it had a cross I mean, I'm trying to remember what it had on it, but basically what they were trying to say, because this is a kind of a, a trend now, it's the fact that if you if Christians hate people like let's just say the LGBTQ community, let's just say that community, if Christians, quote unquote, hate people, then how can you have a God of love? So often we hear that even from the standpoint of people saying, hey, you Christians don't really love people because you you know, you, you hate this group of people or that group of people. And again, again, they say it about God. Your God's not really a loving God because he allowed people to, to perish. What's your thoughts on that? And again, have you ever had a, a conversation with someone on those lines? Well, first, Dave, I actually would like to address the, the hate, you know, quote unquote hate uh, comment. So, um, if we are true Christians, back to your comment about ki- kindness and love, um, we don't hate the person. It's we may not agree with the actions of the person, right? I mean, you, alcoholic, that good for a lot of things, right? Um, you know, so if you're truly a Christian, you're not hating the person. You just may not agree with the actions, right? So love the person. Don't necessarily have to agree with the, with the actions. Um you know, second, I really have not had a whole lot of confrontational conversations. Uh, they have been with more educated people that um, just kind of want to point out the fact, kind of like you said, hey, they, they, they're really not confrontational. They're like, I kind of question whether there's a God or I question, you know, the validity of, you know, of Christians uh, just for your same point you just made. And I would say... We don't know what God's greater plan is, right? What we're looking at is something that is a f- small snap in time over the greater, you know, eons of what God's plan is. And so we don't know what role that that played. We really don't know what role me and you play, right? It's just such a small, you know, slice of time um, that I would say that some things may prevent something worse from happening in some instances. Um, and really that's, that's kind of my response is we're just taking a slice in time and we're not able to see the whole picture. And even as humans, I don't know that we would comprehend that whole picture, even if we were able to see. I agree with you, Alan. There's a verse I'm looking it up right now. So bear with me just a second guys, but yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, there, what, the verse I'm thinking about, it's in the Old Testament, too, where it's, it's describing God. So, again, we're kind of describing God today in a sense, um, but where he says his thoughts are above our thoughts. So, and I don't, 
and I, if do you remember where that's what book that's in? I was going to look it up, I, and I don't at the moment know, but I, I know which verse you're talking yeah. about, but I don't know exactly where it's at at the moment. So I'll make sure. Okay, don't hurt me, guys. If I don't, I'm going to try to make sure to put that in the show notes for you. But yeah, that's a good one to look at and think through when we when we think about that idea. We got to remember that um, there's just things that he understands. Again, you said we're sort of like uh, I'm not really. You know, we 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 exist in a blink of an eye in term. Uh, if you look at the big picture of time and space and history, um, we're just really a blink in the eye of others. And you know, let's say another sixty years from now, nobody's going to know who I am. Probably. Um, let me let me ask you this. There's a, there's this quote. Uh, it's in a sermon by Charles Spurgeon which says the goodness of God to a man of evil, uh, evil life is not intended to encourage him to continue in his sin, but it is meant to woo him and win him away from it. So, yeah, I got, I got one for you for that one then. Okay. So um, it's kind of like the same people you're just talking about. Hey, Christians are mean, right? It's our job to plant seeds. It's God's job to harvest. Right? So, we need to model that life where they look at you and say, well, I want to be like that person. Why is that person so happy? Why is that person content regardless of the situation? Why is that person do random acts of kindness for people? It gets those people to thinking of what's behind the scenes when we are those quote unquote model citizens. Now, no, nobody's perfect. That's not what I mean. But when we model those behaviors, um, I think that's exactly what God's trying to do there, right? Is model those behaviors of, hey, this is how you should act. And so therefore, you know. Yeah. Right. And and why why should we act any any certain way? And that so that's a big question that we I think we're we're gonna look at. And so look, let's look at this the scripture. One of the this this is one of the sort of the core scriptures that I used in the creation of the podcast. Um, we've talked about it before if you listen to some of the other episodes, guys, but it's Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 5. So let me repeat that real quick for us. So, so it says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal of by the Holy Spirit. So this 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 covers tons of what we've already talked about. But let's look at this real quick. So let's just break it down. First part of that scripture, but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared. His love appeared physically in that of Jesus Christ. So that was that's the love and that's the thing that saves us. Or not the thing, but the person that saves us. It's Jesus Christ. And so you know, and again, it's just the, the the idea of 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 it's a sacrificial love. We see that in First Corinthians thirteen. If you look at the that type of agape love, it's 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 a it is a sacrificial love, and it's exactly the kind of love that God has for us. But so again, when we kind of think about where 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 the uh, culture tries to the the type of love that they try to pin on God or the lack of love that they try to uh, pin on God and say, hey, this is really what your God's like. 
But again, he he gave his only son to the uh, for the idea of saving us. Um, it says not by works of righteousness that we have done. So it's nothing that we've done. It's nothing that we have to do. Um, and, you know, look, we can look at our world today. Every gimmick, everything out there, business service that that's out there. There's, there's always a catch. I mean, somebody's either always making money off of something that they're giving it, you know, or, or, or whatever. There's, there's never just, well, I'm going to say there's never when we volunteer our time and we, and we show love to others in that way. And we give ourselves and our service to others usually. And that's, that's what I'm kind of thinking about. That's, that's how we get close to a, a sort of a sacrificial love because we sacrifice our time for others. But again, not by works of righteousness. There's nothing that we can physically do in order to obtain the love of God. Um, there's nothing that we can do to uh, obtain salvation other than God does say we need to repent. So we have to turn away. We have to believe or in many cases it says follow, but to believe in the Lord. So you just simply have to believe. And, you know, that's the gospel message. So this is this is sort of a verse, too, that just really displays that gospel message. Again, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy and um, through the washing and regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm going to go back real quick to that 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 quote that I, that I read just a second ago by Charles Spurgeon. Because he said the goodness of God, and this was in a, again in a sermon, the goodness of God to a man of evil life is not intended to encourage him to continue to sin, but is meant to woo him and win him away. So in other words, it's like this thing. I've heard a lot of people say, well, and maybe we're talking about Christians here and, and maybe me and you are together at Chick-fil-A or whatever, Alan. And we're talking about some other Christians who are like, you know, they really don't do a lot of good or they're really mean. And, you know, or maybe we're not even talking about Christian. We could talk about anybody, really, I suppose. But we just talk about, hey, this guy is this is so terrible, but he, he still uh, seems to have a great life. You know, so sometimes I think we equate in our minds, we equate, well, people that don't do a lot of good still have these good lives and people that struggle sometimes or, you know, cause they don't, um, they don't have as much or it doesn't seem to be as easy for them in life. Um, but they, but they still try to do everything right. So it's never really about what we do, but I love this quote cause this just reminds us that, um, the goodness from God is not to intend to encourage him to continue to sin. So it's the, the, his goodness is not to continue to, or to encourage us to say, hey, I've saved you so you can go live any kind of life that you want to. It's meant to woo us and win us away from it. So, And that's key when you think about, about what he's done for us and when you think about the kindness of God. Because a lot of times, Alan, people, they overlook that part. You know, they, they, they take, I think, I don't know if advantage or just... Uh, I don't know that maybe the better word or phrase is to say they underestimate or I don't know, maybe just don't think through it as much. But I know a lot of people really just don't value what God has done in their life enough for it to to make the change, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. I mean, it, again, it kind of ties back into what I was saying previously about, you know, exhibiting that Christ-like behavior, right? So if we're Christians, we're supposed to be in Christ and, and act, act Christ-like. So if you're doing that, then you're displaying those acts of kindness. And it ties everything. It, it almost comes full circle, right? So he showed kindness to us, so we show kindness to others. And it kind of comes back around, um, like you said now, that we may feel as humans maybe people get a disproportional share, let's say, of that kindness or of worldly things. Um, but I can also tell you that I know a lot of people that have money that are not happy either. So that doesn't necessarily buy physical things on this earth, doesn't buy happiness, right? And it doesn't definitely doesn't buy kindness, right? I mean, you, you whether you live on one side of the tracks or the other, doesn't mean you're a kind person, right? You can be on either side of the track and have unkind people or kind people. And so um, I, I really just think it all comes back to exhibiting Christ-like behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of add to what you're talking about, maybe desiring things of the world or what we get. There was an, unauth an unknown author. I couldn't find the author name here, but I seen this quote that said, His kindness changes us from desiring the things of the world and gradually directs our affections to find a better, greater contentment and joy in Him. In essence, His kindness trumps sin in terms of what our heart values and love. And that's incredible. So, I, you know, I just want to think about, let's think about this. You know, there's, I, I was reading a book the other day about contentment, and I'm still working on that book reading it because I, I'm, I'm one of these readers. I read a chapter and then I find another book that I want to read. So I start reading a chapter or two of it. And then eventually I'll come back. I'm like, Oh, I forgot I was reading that book. So I come back and I read some more of the contentment book. I'm doing that right now. Uh, but, so yeah. Uh, but I'm reading this book about Tim and it's great. It's eye opening. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, we, I had an episode in the first season this is before we were a faith-based podcast, but I was talking about, I think the podcast is called Simplify, if I'm not mistaken. It was sort of this idea that uh, sometimes living a simplified life is is better. And the reason I was, I think where I was going with that was the fact of just sometimes how we we desire things of the world to fill us or to complete us. I think sometimes we, we have situations where, and maybe we've all done this at, at one time or another, and then sometimes I think others maybe do this more frequently, is where we, we find uh, a temporary happiness in things. And so we're not really content with the things that God gives us. You know, I heard, I heard somebody say it this way, and then I'll let you comment, is that um, when we want more, than what God provisions for a life, it's almost like saying to God, you didn't do good enough or you didn't give me enough. And so what, what's your thoughts on that? So I can tell you from firsthand experience, more stuff does not buy more happiness because like you said, it's never enough for, for most, for most. Okay. I got this car. Oh, well, I want a little bit better car. I got this house. I want a little bit better house. It, it kind of is, it's, and sometimes it's 
a very actually real mental health issue because you like you said you get to where you're not feeling like you're enough that you always have to have the next thing right but i also go back to uh paul which is one of the most prolific writers in, in the bible right um says you know in his letter to the ephesians right he was saying i have learned to be in content no matter what my circumstances whether i have much or i have little and so um I've tried to remodel my life over that and try to find contentment regardless of the circumstances. Um, and I think contentment and gratitude go together a lot, right? So when, when you look around and, and you look at all the blessings that you do have, look at what God has blessed you in his kindness, right? That helps you uh, stay grounded in all the physical things are temporary, Right, all the physical things and and that you have accumulated in this life, you cannot take beyond this life, and so it's all temporary. So, like I said, I've tried to remodel my life where I'm content regardless of the circumstances. It's a challenge, um, but that's kind of what I'm trying to model now. I love it. You know, kind of talking about Paul and being thankful. And I'm just picking a random one here. It may not be the best example, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, but often, the beginning of his letters, there's always this this greeting, and then there's uh, usually this this uh, this time of praise and thankfulness of um, for the people of the particular churches or areas that he wrote to. So let me read. I'm going to read in First Thessalonians. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 2, uh, of course, the very first verse is the greeting. And then Paul goes on to say to the Thessalonians, he says, We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your works of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and full of conviction. And you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction um, with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and uh, Achaia, I believe. So it's just, and there's a lot of encouragement in his letters and there's, there's always this thankfulness, this gratitude, a uh, 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 spirit of gratitude for what the believers have been doing as he's left them. And, you know, he's, he's, he's always touching back or touch or, trying to either make it back or he's had to write letters to them and just, you know, of course he's, he'll always correct too. I mean, there's, there's a lot of correction in his letters and he wants to let them know it's truth and love, right? So it's the classic example of truth and love. There's truth. Hey, we got to do better here, but there's tons of love. And he, and it usually, look, he starts with it. He starts with love. He starts with a kind word. He starts with that encouragement. And so that's just, that's a good word. And I mean, I think that we, 
and talking about kindness and thinking about that, um, we need to do a better job at that, you know, uh, in, in terms of how we not just treat others, but how are we building up the kingdom of God? And so let's think about that for a second. As a Christian, so we've talked about God's kindness. It was first. He loved us so much. Now we're a changed people. We should be kind to others. But one of the things I think that this kindness can do is, and it comes in a form of encouragement. Um, and it comes in a form of, especially when we're thinking about the, the body of Christ and we're thinking about the church, it comes in the form of building up that body of uh, the body of Christ. Um, I think that's powerful because as we see things change rapidly in our world, in our culture, it's so important that believers stay strong in that. Now, many believers, unfortunately, they're just not going to, you know, we're not going to spend time in the Word constantly like we probably should or even prayer. But there's so many of us that, Alan, what do you think? Isn't that, uh, uh, should we be practicing that, um, let's say the, I'm going to say the art of kindness or the art of gratitude, but just as we saw see Paul constantly over and over again, he always starts with love and encouragement and building up the body of Christ. Should we see it more? Why do you think we don't see it enough within the church? Well, I'd say within the church, um, definitely encouragement is a good a good word for it. You know, saying, "Hey, Dave, you did a really good job." You know, in in Sunday school, you know, this morning, um, that's an act of kindness. Because believe it or not, you know, that comes across to that person of an acknowledgement of he, you know, he or she accomplished something, right? Um, I also think that people tend to think of kindness in these big acts, right? They, they think that it has to be something grand and large and huge. And without that, it's, it's not really truly an act of kindness. But if you think about, uh, we, we have a one thing at, at our church that I really like every Sunday, they share a random act of kindness that happened during the week, right? And that could be from anybody in the congregation to, hey, you know, somebody came by and we gave them a meal, something of that nature. So I think random acts of kindness also help build up that kingdom, right? Some of you don't even know, open the door for them. Um, how many times have you smiled at somebody and they haven't smiled back at you? It's pretty rare. I mean, I mean, there are people that do, and it's kind of like open up the door. Not very many times people won't say thank you or at least nod or acknowledge you're doing it. So you could set their tone for their entire day, right? And just in church, Okay, you got a new visitor coming to church. Your act of kindness of saying, welcome, glad to see you this morning, versus not saying anything could make the difference in whether they come back the next Sunday or not. And so when you do that, okay, that was an act of kindness, whether you realize it or not, right? You may you may call it friendly. You can you need to disguise it, disguise it however you want to disguise it, but that really was an act of kindness. And I think we do need to see more of that in church. Uh, and I think some churches do a much better job than others. But I think it really starts at that basic level, 
you know, that basic level of just doing the small things. And then when you have the opportunity, maybe do the big things, but not every act of kindness has to be something large. One, one other quote real quick, and then we'll, we'll land this plane today as we talk about, again, God's kindness. A second ago, I mentioned truth and love, right? And so, again, Paul starts those letters with encouragement, but there's always this, this, this hint of truth, or this, or there's not really even a hint. Sometimes he's pretty, pretty strong in, in the truth as well, right? Um, and correction and things of that nature. There's a uh, quote by I don't even know who this is. Harriet Beecher Stowe. Can, you know who that is, Alan? Help me out here. I, I, yeah, I definitely know the name. I can't place it at the moment, but but yes. it might be an author. I've got. From I got this is from the Pearl of Oars Island, no clue. So if it is not a good story, I apologize. I am not. I am not endorsing the Pearl of Oars Island. Have no clue. But <laughs> I like this quote nonetheless. All right. So it says, or Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote, "The truth is the kindest thing we can give folks in the end." And I think what I was thinking about when I read this. It's just the truth of the gospel, right? We're a lot of times we're hesitant to give the truth of the gospel, or just to give a either. Oh, say we could say a gospel presentation. It doesn't have to be a presentation. Just could be a conversation, right? You sharing your story, something of that nature. But I think sometimes we don't do that. There's two re- two big reasons I think that that usually come up, and one it's just. We don't like talking to people. We keep to ourselves, right? And so I think sometimes that's it. And I think another one that is uh, that hinders us from doing that is the fact that we don't want to invade others' space. And so we're we're worried and concerned that we're going to offend somebody by yeah. You know, we're we're at the coffee shop and we see somebody sitting alone, looking at their phone, reading a book. Here's an opportunity. Maybe God nudges us to go, hey, talk to them and maybe share your story, invite them to church, or just give them the gospel. Um, what do you think, Alan? Is Again, uh, the quote is, the truth is the kindest thing we can give folks in the end. And I think as we think about giving the truth of the gospel, I think that really is the kindest thing that we could do for anyone because who wants to say, let's say, if you know this person is not a believer, if they professed it, we know what's going to happen in the end. Um, so if we love others, as we've talked about uh, earlier in the show, especially as we, if we love others, even though they don't agree with us, um, shouldn't we still share that? Because that could be a life-saving uh, conversation. Yeah, I, I will say I think sharing the good word, so to speak, right? The, the the salvation of Christ and that kindness, that grace, that peace that it brings, you know, that's sharing the truth. And I, I agree with the quote. You know, I don't know what context it was in, but I will say in, in the context we're using it right now, absolutely that's true, right? It's absolutely sharing that word you don't never know where that may lead somebody again. We're planting the seeds. God's doing the harvest. And so, That's right. Amen. 
And the Bible reminds us that there's not enough harvesters. Can't remember that scripture. I'm going to drop that one in because that's an important one. He, he does, there's, there's a scripture in there about uh, there's, there's much to be, or re, I forget. You know which verse I'm talking about, Alvin? There's much to, okay. We're going to look it up because that's important. I want y'all to check that out. But basically the, 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 the context of the verse and what it's talking about is the fact that there's, there's plenty to, to reap. There's plenty of options out there, or there's plenty of non-believers, but we just got to go do the work, and that's what that that verse is talking about. So there's plenty to harvest, is what the scripture's talking about or saying. And I think it's actually Jesus having a conversation with his disciples. He's trying to send them out to for to to share the good word and to um, to talk about him basically, and to lead others to Jesus as we should be doing. So just to recap, again, this is this has been a good episode because as we're thinking about biblical kindness, we, we really need to start with God in anything that we, any conversations that we have, and we've waited a while in the season to do that. We've talked about a lot of great things this season, such as forgiveness and, and unpacking other verses about biblical kindness. But at the end of the day, we really need to make considerations of what God has said, what God has done. As Alan mentioned, and we've talked about much on the episode today, is we really need to replicate or be imitators of Christ um, and, and living as Christ lived. And and to do that, we, we have to pay attention to what God's Word says and what God has done. Again, 1 John 4.19 says he loved, or we love, because he first loved us. So, Again, just a stark reminder of why we do what we do and what should we be doing. That's the question. That's the big question of the hour. And a lot of times we ask, what is the meaning of life? What is what what is my purpose? Well, Jesus said it many, many years ago that we were commanded to go tell others to make disciples. And so we should be active in that. So I just encourage you as we think through this and we think about God's kindness, how that's changed us. Cause I think a lot of us could probably look back, especially if we didn't like some people can say, Hey, I've been Christian all my life. Others like myself, for example, have gone through a really rough patch, but I know for sure uh, the one, the ones of us that have gone through that rough patch that look back at our life then and what it is now with God in our lives can tell the world um, and, and really, um, I guess, testify of how different it is right now or how different it is that we have God in our lives. Things are still tough, but we have God by our side. He is a God of love and, and he will protect us. But yeah, it's just, I encourage each and every one of you to think through that and think again, God was kind. What is now, what should we be doing? Um, cause I think there's some clues in scripture uh, it, it doesn't say that we all become evangelists, in, 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 but in, in a sense, we, we do. But it doesn't mean we have to go out and yell on, on the street corner either. But we do have opportunities, or as God opens up doors, I think we should just really think about what, uh, let me go back to her, Harriet Beecher Stowe, whoever you are, think about this. The truth is the kindest thing that we can give folks in the end. Just a thought. We'll see you on the next episode.